0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes the Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Jacob, and today I'm joined by Jennifer Cohen. Who's that? I'm so glad you asked. Jennifer Cohen is an entrepreneur, brand builder, podcaster, and educator. She is the author of four books in the health and wellness Motivational habit space with a world famous roster of clients that has included Hollywood celebrities, Olympic athletes, blockbuster recording artists, top CEOs, and more. She has sold companies for millions of dollars, appeared on major network shows and founded and hosts the top-rated Habits and Hustle podcast. Jennifer is also an in-demand motivational speaker with a range of companies as well as business schools, and her TEDx talk has more than 6 million views on YouTube. That is a ton of views, Jennifer. Nice. Jennifer lives in Los Angeles. I call it L.A. It's the thing I do. Call it L.A. with her husband and their two little superstars, Dylan and Sydney, and I've actually been on her podcast The podcast I just mentioned, Habits and Hustle, I was on her podcast and it was a whole lot of fun. So this one's going to be even more fun because now I get to host her. So it's kind of a a part two. The first part we talked about on her podcast, now we get to talk on my podcast. I can't wait. But first, a quick message about the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals Community. The Guaranteed Goals Community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private, non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me goals. That's acuff.me backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's jump right into my interview with Jennifer Cohen. All right, I am so excited that you're here today, Jennifer. We're going to talk about your new book, Bigger, Better, Bolder, Live the Life You Want, Not the Life You Get. But before we jump into that, I want to have a couple of warm-up questions if it's okay with you. Can, I, can we do a couple of, like a warm-up question or two?
1: Absolutely. You can do a few, more than two. You can All do right. ten if you want.
0: Okay. I'm going to do three. Um, first one, how old are your kids? You have two kids?
1: Yes. One just turned ten and have another one that's seven.
0: Ten and seven. So I think you'll be able to answer this question. Who do you think would win in a fight? Paw Patrol or Clifford the Big Red Dog? Like they're going neither. at each other. Neither. Who's, what does that mean? They kill each other? Well, and
1: that, oh, can okay, neither. Okay, no. Well, my kids don't watch each that other. anymore. Okay, they don't watch that
0: anymore. I'll, let me just be clear. But yeah.
1: if they were, I would say
0: Pod Patrol. Because there's more of them, you think that Clifford will get yeah, distracted? Yeah, I just think
1: they look a little bit more. They look a little more tougher. They look a little tough. Yeah. But my kids don't. Do your I don't think kids watch that after the age of four.
0: No, my I have a 17 year old and a 19 year old, and I sure hope they're not watching. <laughs> Paw Patrol they're watching. Right? We have bigger issues if they're super into Paw Patrol right now. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'll, 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 I'll accept say say Paw Patrol. Okay. Second okay. question: What's the last celebrity interaction you had in L.A.? You live in L.A. I'm I'm assuming Matthew McConaughey is in the room with you right now. That's just how L.A. is. He is Matthew actually. Okay. He says hi. Oh, good, good. Yeah. He's in a Lincoln. Probably in a Lincoln. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. He actually no. He, actually, Tom Cruise is here. Is oh, that good. Okay? good. Yeah. But He's
0: standing on a couch. All right. Yeah. Last celebrity <laughs> yes. interaction. Uh, how
1: big is it? Does it have to be either it size or does it matter? <laughs> no, any, that,
0: okay. See, that's such an LA thing to think too. Like what level of celebrity we talk about. Yeah, What about? level of celebrity? Yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: Okay. Uh, I saw Michelle Pfeiffer at, at, uh, a grocery store and talked to her for a bit. Oh, uh, that's nice. Does that
0: count? Yeah, that totally counts. Michelle Pfeiffer. Of course. Yeah. That, that's okay. super fun. Here's Although a-
1: I also had Michelle, I'm uh, sorry. I also had Mark Manson on my podcast last week who wrote the subtle art of oh, yeah. giving a, Yeah. He's not really a
0: celebrity, though. Well, I mean, as far as selling numbers of books, he's very, like, for book people, he's a celebrity. For a
1: book, yeah, like, for an author, he's, like, sold 20 million books, so I guess that would be amazing. And he has a movie that was made of him, so technically he is a celebrity.
0: Okay, okay, last question. That's a warm-up question. What's the most L.A. thing about you? So, like, I live in Nashville, and somebody might say, like, oh, that you run into country music stars is such an natural thing but like for you is it like are you doing like you'd go John I'm currently in a cold plunge right now like a lot of people can't see you know, that or like there's a food you eat that we don't even know what the rest of the world doesn't know about it yet but in like a year you're gonna be like there's a food you should be eating that no one's ever heard of but what's the most LA such thing about a your- good
1: question such a good question first of all they are bringing the cold plunge to my house in about 12 minutes I kid you not. I'm like waiting for them as we're on this podcast. Wait to deliver it, like you. you
0: bought one and they're moving it in.
1: They basically,
0: yeah. Colt Plunge the
1: company is bringing one to me right now. You keep yes, that. I it's not
0: you. Just it's not a rental, right?
1: No, no, no. I keep it, okay. and I have if. My house is literally like a wellness facility. I have, uh, I have an infrared sauna outside. Mm-hmm. I have every piece of gym equipment you can imagine. I have like three treadmills, every type of, I love it. like, of a rowing machine. So if you were to say one thing about me that's very LA, the, the fitness and health is on overdrive. And, um, and, but one thing I, I'm not at LA. I'm not much of a kumbaya meditation kind of, uh, mindfulness. manifestation, yeah. mindfulness like my mindfulness happens when I run on the treadmill. It's not yeah. like it's not part of my, I don't, I, I don't like go with this whole manifestation idea. Yeah. I, I, I believe in hard work and and action versus just visualizing and thinking.
0: Yeah. I, I, so that's, I love that. And when did you first get into fitness, wellness, goals? Were you always the kind of person like, Were you the kind of person that like seventh grade, you had charts and you were doing plans and you were that kind of kid, or did you grow into it later on in life?
1: Oh my gosh. That's like the, that's the antithesis of me. So I never was a great student only because if I wasn't interested in something, I kind of, you know, daydreamed. Mm -hmm. I never had charts. I don't believe in charts. I don't believe in spreadsheets. Um, I was kind of someone who was, very curious. And I think the curiosity really kind of led into being very bold and boldness. And that's how I really kind of like moved through my life is like doing one bold move after another, which is why I re- wrote the book, you know, bigger, better, bolder. Um, so I was never into fitness or health. I kind of, I kind of created and designed myself based on just things that happened in my life that I was interested in and I never really overthought and never allowed myself to overthink something I just attempted and tried and voila this is what I'm this is where I am now in my life
0: which I think is interesting because you talk about how boldness is a skill that can be taught because I think there are mm-hmm. people that think well Winston Churchill was he came out of the womb bold like he was organizing the maternity ward like never give up and there's that right. thought you are of the opposite school of, no, it's a skill you can learn. So if I'm a listener right now and I'm thinking, yeah. okay, I don't feel brave, I don't feel bold, I don't feel courageous, whatever synonym you want to use, what would you say to that person?
1: I do believe that you don't – people, I think you're right. I think people believe that they're either born bold or they're not, and I just don't think that's the case. I believe that boldness is something that you can harness by practice. I think anything you want to get good at requires practice. Like if you want to get good at at fitness or or Spanish or karate or whatever it is, you need to practice it and harness that skill. And I think it's the same thing with being bold. I think that you start by doing these little things daily, where if you're not comfortable asking for a little thing, you're never going to be comfortable asking for a big thing. So start by doing these little things by putting yourself in these situations where you are asking for what you want and you are doing these little things daily that you work on to become more bold. Now, and I also think it's something like everything else that you want to get good at. You don't just do it for a finite period of time and then like you forget about it. It's something that you have to do continually, consistently uh through life because it, it will atrophy like anything else, and so that's what this is all about right like i i i don't I'm, sh- I'm sure you saw it or maybe you didn't and I did a TED talk on the idea of being bold uh as the secret sauce to success in a way and I do believe that to be the case and I think that too many times what happens people and you can appreciate this people overthink and outthink themselves to actually even doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, where their stop is in the start versus just moving and going through it. And so much happens in momentum, right? Like when something in motion stays in motion. And if we tend to overthink and we have so much self-doubt that we end up having analysis paralysis and not doing anything. And to me, a lot of the people who've actually have gone on to, living a life that's much more authentic to who they are and self-actualized and been successful. It's because they just tried, you know, what is the worst that happens if they try something and it doesn't work out? You're never, you're not worse off today than you were five minutes ago before you tried that attempted that thing. So I try to give people that like courage as you put any word, you could put bravery to at least attempt to make that, to make that move, to make that action.
0: So when you think about boldness in your own life, because it's bold to write a personal development, self-help, whatever word you like. I don't know that anybody who writes those types of books, myself included, that's their favorite word. Like whenever somebody's like, oh, right. you're like motivational. Like I'm like, ah, it's different. But that was bold because you'd written three health and wellness fitness type books. And then you changed mm-hmm. you changed categories or jumped shelves, as they say in the literary. I say that. I don't know if anybody else says that. Yeah, um, I've never heard that. Yeah, but it's, I like it. It's, I'm just trotting it out. Um, what else is bold for you this year? So as you look ahead, cause I look at your, like, I look at your roster of people you interview, you interview amazing people. Um, just asking amazing people to be guests is a, is an act of boldness. But if I, yeah. if I said, let's imagine you've got a mirror in your bathroom and you've got a handful of bold things that you're doing written on it. What, what does boldness look like for you in 2023?
1: I think what boldness looks like to me is that I basically don't hesitate and if I have something that I'm passionate or interested in, or I have a desire to, to do, I I try it. And so that is everything, like you said, everything I do is bold. And it's not because I was born that way, like you were talking about. It's because I've trained my brain to not allow myself to not make that attempt. And it's just training and reframing. So to the guests I use, like I, I always go, my mindset is, why not me? If it can happen to that person or if that person can do it, why can't it happen with me or why can't I learn it? I don't count myself out before giving myself a shot. And I think there's so much rejection in the world anyway. I don't want to self-reject. And that's something that is something that I had to learn and harness and foster because it's very easy to look Externally and think, woe is me. Why, like, why am I not getting that? I'm not good enough. I don't, am not talented enough. I'm not pretty enough. And like the experiences I've had and the people I've spoken to and I've seen in my life is it's not the prettiest or the smartest or the most talented that, that wins. It's the people that go after it and are just like animals about it. And they don't, they don't think of themselves as a, woe is me, they think why, why not me? So woe is me versus why not me kind of mentality. And, you know, I think that we have to train our brains not to think that way. So I think, well, you know what, I want Mark Cuban on my podcast, why not ask him? You know, I want Tom Cruise on my podcast, why not? What's the worst that they say? No. Okay, well, I'm no worse off. You know, like there's, that's just on the guests alone, right? And then it will be, on things that I have interest in like I I'm really interested in doing this docu-series that I don't want to tell you too much about and I have this idea have I ever done a docu-series before no do I know the first thing about it no but I've tried to think okay well I'm interested in this who can help me who can supplement what like I know what I'm good at and I also know what I'm bad at so let me just take a step back and have some kind of reflection and self-awareness on those things and then find people to help me with my weaknesses. And I think that's what everybody should do, right? Because nobody's good at everything, but everybody's good at something. So if we can find people that help us, help us with our, you know, things that we're not great at, the world is literally your oyster. But you have to give people that courage to think in that way.
0: Now, do so, you think part of that boldness is being bold enough to admit you do have a lack or you do like, okay, hey, I need another person to help in this area? Because it seems like some leaders yeah. are so busy acting as if they've got it all together, they don't even have the space for somebody to help because they're portraying that they don't need help.
1: I, I yeah, but I think at the end of the day, you're just you're just lying to yourself, right? Like I think that a part of you know, I think vulnerability is a big thing, right? I think if you can be vulnerable enough to say, "You know what, I think that's a strength. I think if you can look at yourself and say, "You know, I'm really great at this, I'm not great at that, there's a lot of confidence that comes with that. Like I think the most confident people are are able to be like, "You know what? like I know who I am, I know where I can shine, and I also know where i my light is very dim. and if we we can all win if we can find these blind spots and then like and then kind of create light on them and so that's what i don't think anybody in the world john is self-made i think it's literally the silliest thing in the entire world no one can do everything on their own it's literally impossible so if you want to sit very myopically and think that oh oh no i'm great at everything i think that's coming from a place usually of insecurity not not of a place of, of of confidence and if we can really kind of like peel back that, that onion and really sit with ourselves and realize that it's way more beneficial uh, for everybody, including yourself, if you can see where you kind of have those blind spots and then act accordingly.
0: And I I think there's real joy in admitting a blind spot. Like I know, I tell people all the time, I suck at hosting events. I love keynoting. I like, I feel like equipped at that. I enjoy that. I'm good at that. Hosting's a different craft and a different art. And sometimes people go, well, you can just host this event. I go, no, I'm going to be terrible at that. Don't, don't hire me to host your event. I'll be, because there's sequence and there's, detail and there's moving pieces that I'm not naturally good at. And I feel good about saying, no, I'm terrible. No, no, I suck at that. Do not. Hide. Right. No. So I think there's also this surprising joy in that. One of the things I like in your book is that I think you're really good at having some practices, having some frameworks. You can see You can see the exercise part of how you look at the world because there's a lot in exercise. There's a lot of frameworks, there's systems, there's, and you can see you applying that strength to this topic. One of the things you talked about was the magic of the 10% target. That's one of your kind of Mm -hmm. ideas. Can you unpack that for the audience?
1: Sure. So I did break my book up into 16 principles, right? Where I think that to make you, to get people to a place of being more bold, right? And I, I, it was very important for me that when, you, when I write a book, you know, and that's what I'm used to and comfortable with the fitness and health stuff is that to give people these actionable, practical things that they can implement. So it's not just me talking from this white ivory tower of like, be bold, but give people these frameworks where they can actually make progress and see it. Now I, one of them is this thing called 10% target. And what it is, is getting people comfortable with failure because we, as a human race, human nature, don't like to fail. We're so afraid of failure that we don't even make an attempt or start. So I, I put together this thing of 10% target where I say to people, listen, number one, reframe what you think failure is. i look at it as an attempt. My first attempt, my second attempt at doing something. Then I say, pick a goal that you want. It, one goal, just one goal. Um, and then make 10 attempts at that goal. Now, you may not even get to that goal, but what I do promise you is if you make those 10 attempts, two, one of two things will happen. Either you will get the goal or another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed by just going down the path. Now, what that does is doing something 10 times, right? A, it gets you comfortable with the idea of going after something, Where you become then desensitized and immune to the feeling of failing, right? Because you're doing it so often. So with my life, you know, and this is all trial and, you know, trial and error that worked for me and tried, tried and true, I should say, is that I'm so used to and comfortable with failing that it doesn't bother me anymore. So to take this all full circles, like when I have something that I'm interested in, I have this thing again in my head we're like okay well why not me and if I fail who cares it's because I've become so desensitized to that feeling where if I fall I get myself right back up again and I keep on moving so like what I always t- tell people is like you know what like I you may I have anyway I have a master's in failing but I have a PhD in getting myself right back oh, up again and trying on. again come on you know
0: dude, that's so good yeah. that's it's true though okay say that I mean, say that again
1: Okay. I have a master's in failing, but I have a PhD in getting right back up again.
0: Dude, come on. Jennifer Cohen, it's been great talking with you. No, that, that is so good. Dude. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, and
1: it's the truth. Yeah. And so, but it's about these things, right? Like I think that I'm not any, I'm not special. I don't think that I'm, I'm not extraordinary in any way. I just am somebody who was able to reframe these things and practice these things that were getting in my way of of becoming who I wanna become. Like, I really believe that we're not here to, we're here to like, we have to design and curate the life we want, right? As opposed to just kind of acquiescing and accepting whatever we have in front of us. Like, I really believe taking ownership in that because if you don't choose these things, it will be assigned to you, right? Like if you don't choose the career, it will be assigned to you. If you don't choose your, you know, how you spend your day, it will just be assigned to you by just allowing, you know, the universe and allowing, you know, other people or the day-to-day just to take over. And I refuse to live in that way. And I think that, my entire thing and platform is getting people unstuck and getting them out of their, get people to get themselves out of their own way. Because at the end of the day,
0: we are our own worst enemy. So when somebody comes to you and says, okay, I've got this idea I want to work on and you start to encourage them, what are the excuses they'll throw back at you about why it won't work? Like what are the common excuses? I don't know how,
1: okay. I don't have time. um, Or I don't know how. Or, you know, and I'm like, well, make time. You know, the I don't have time thing is so amazing to me. It's like, what, you have time? You, there's, we always f- have time when we want to do something. Mm-hmm. If you don't have time, you've got to create, create a, a system that you're more efficient with, right? So that's why for me, having, having routines and having habits and structure, it allows you to have more time. But these are just all excuse mechanisms, yeah. right? Or I don't know how, you know, when I, I cre- i had a long time ago. I created a fitness app that got acquired by Weight Watchers many years ago. I had no idea about. I, I still, to this day, by the way, I'm like a terrible. I have no. I cannot even figure out like my iPhone. Like I'm. But so you sold an app to Weight Watchers. But I created an app for what it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, but what I'm saying is it's with, that's with life though. Have you ever noticed the people who can't do, they teach, Yeah, right? Like life isn't full of like, of just oxymorons. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you don't let these things stop you that you don't think you have the talent or you don't know how, I mean, most people don't, they just figure it out as they go. And so you just, like I said, it's inertia. Like if you start something, the less, you know, the better. Like I talk about this. One of the principles in my book is called naivety is a strength Mm -hmm. because the less, you know, the better, because actually the more, you know, hold you back because you can think of all the things that can go wrong and what you don't know. You can
0: daydream the pressure.
1: Right. And how this person did it better and how I don't know this and this person knows better. Big deal. You know, like sometimes when you, the less you know, jump, because that's when you figure stuff out. And that's also when you disrupt. Right. When you don't know how things were done before, that's that's a really that's a really good opportunity for you to create a whole new thing for it.
0: Yeah, because you're not held by, down by the rules and the regulations because you don't know they exist. So then you try you it know, a different. You don't even way. know they exist. Yeah, and then somebody goes, "Well, that's not how we do it." And like, well, it just made more sense this way, and now it's the new way. Um, that's the new way. I love that. I'm curious. Speaking of time, what don't you do? Like in your own life, are you like, are you, you know, oh, I don't watch TV ever or I don't do these types of tasks. Like I love TV. Yeah. So that's, that's really encouraging to hear because I think sometimes people will be like, well, Jennifer, she must go to sleep and it's perfectly timed. And then she eats like four grams of matcha no! green powder. Oh my God. And then she does yeah, 11 yeah. burpees in her cold plunge and then she doesn't watch TV. Like, are there things you don't do though, time-wise, where you're like, I no longer do this, or I don't donate my time to this? Like, what don't you do?
1: I will say this. I will say that I've had to put these, you know, these things in my life because left to my own devices, I can go, I'm I I, I I'm left unhinged, yeah. right? So this is why habits are super important for people because like, every, I'm like everybody else. Like, I love food, for example, John. So like... I know if I go to a buffet, it's game over, like that's (laughs) it, right? Like I go to, I, that's like, it's not even at all. I I just, I'll have, it's just that I have to wear like sweatpants. I'll be disgust. I'll feel gross for five, for like two weeks after. So I don't put myself in that environment. Right. So it's about like, kind of, again, it's like, know thyself, know where you are, are kind of like where your triggers or where you're kind of your points are, where you'll, you'll, you'll flail and get off off point. So structure that. So structure your life accordingly. But at the same time, like, for example, I love TV. I love mm-hmm. TV. I've always loved TV, but I will, I'll give myself like, per, like parameters. Yeah. Like I'm not allowed to watch TV until before bed. So I don't go by this whole rule. Like don't have, you know, don't have electronics before bed or no blue light before yeah. bed. Well, screw that because that's when I like, I like to watch TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to use that one. I'm not going to like, let that, control my life i think life is about balance um so i think picking you've got creating parameters for yourself to succeed while still doing the things that you love is super
0: important and that's a work in progress yeah you're 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 figuring it out along the way like that fits in with everything else yeah. you said it's not you learned as you went okay buffets no bueno like we're out we're out on buffets Lesson I won't put learned. myself in that environment. Yeah, lesson learned. And you, and so in the, in the great book of Jennifer, you know, that's one of the, one of the things is like, hey, remember, <laughs> right. buff, you love buffets. They don't love you. So we're out.
1: I love food. I love food. And to have that much amount, that, that variety and amount of food in front of me is, is really bad. Cause what it, it will set me, it, because also then, I, I work out a lot. I love, I love to feel good. So I know what I, I reverse engineer of how that will make me feel. So I don't do that. So that's something I will, I'll try to eliminate. But the TV thing, I'll say, you know what, I do love TV. And I like to fall asleep to comedy. So I will let myself fall asleep to comedy at night. Like I'm not going to like take away every single joy and cold plunge and sauna for (laughs) five hours a day. It's not happening. You know,
0: that's so funny. I I love that. And I want to, I want to brag on you for a second, because before we started talking, you had mentioned a trip you were going to go on to interview a bunch of people around an event and it didn't, it didn't end up happening. And you didn't sit in that and go, Oh, I failed at that. You're like, Hey, I got another trip coming up. This is what I'm doing. You Like, the principles you're talking about, I've been able to see you actually live them, which is fun for me, because you immediately Thank were you. like, here's another trip. Like, let's go. There wasn't any, I should have gone. I wish I had gone. Like, you didn't sit in yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Well, you sit in it for a minute. Like, he, By the way, he talked about, I was supposed to like, do my podcast at the Super Bowl. And, like, it became, like, a whole mess of, of like, you know, people were pro- not confirming properly and to get cars around. It was like, it was full of just getting where to stay. It became a whole nightmare. And sometimes you got to outweigh, you know, when is the time to kind of quit and move on and cut your losses. And that was just more becoming a headache. And the truth is like, I know I, I made my 10 attempts. Right. And part of it is the 10% target. I like put, I really did. I tried, I tried, I, I, I really kind of tried to make it happen and I didn't get to the goal. But another opportunity presented itself through going through that process yep. by me now going to Nashville to now do a whole other like laundry list of great people that I never would have even gotten if I didn't go down that path of meeting people to meet to other people that connected. So like that's a great example of the ten percent target because because when I found out that I was off was able to do the Super Bowl thing and I had to find all these guests. I ended up getting in contact with all these people who were going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. One person led me to someone else that was was uh very very had strong ties in Nashville mm-hmm. and it opened up a whole other Pandora's box. But I would never have met that guy if it wasn't for this opportunity that I, you know, really tried to make happen. If you hadn't so done you, the
0: ten attempts. Yeah, and so right th- it was just fun to hear that story before we started recording and then go, "Oh, wait a second, this is her actually living the things she talks about." I think one of the questions that you probably get a lot from people and it's one that you write about is how do you differentiate between a bold move and a big risk? So I think people confuse the two and I think that sometimes they go, they would hear this episode and go, yeah, but Jennifer, I did this thing and it blew up and it wrecked like I lost a million dollars or my marriage fell apart and I was being bold and you might go, Oh, wait a second. Like what's the difference in your mind between those two things?
1: I think that's a good question. And people do ask me all that. I think being bold is not about just these massive risks of like, you know, betting, you know, or of, uh, risking a million dollars or like putting your house up for, you know, on a lien. It's little things too, right? Like just by, you know, asking for salad dressing on the side, you know, when you go to a restaurant or, you know, calling your local service, you know, your, your Verizon or AT&T for a better package. It's about like, Doing things like that are also bold, and I think the difference is is that I think a risk is when you, you got to be. You, I think being when you're taking a bold move. I think about not risking and being not take not not putting somebody in in harm's length. Like, so example, if you have a family and you have a family of four, don't quit your job tomorrow and just like you know like plan accordingly. Like, if you know, you want to like attempt a new career because you've been sitting in a rut and just acquiescing, do some things like say, okay, you know what? Two days, two days a week, I'm going to like call people. I'm going to like create information sessions with people. I'm going to figure out, find people in the area I want to work in and start networking in that way. Or I'm going to like, you make these little moves. You don't like, you don't like blow up the, you don't blow up your life to be bold, you know, like that to me is like just being stupid. It's not being bold. It's not being, that's not, there's a, there's a fine line between being stupid and being bold and being impulsive and being bold. I think what I, how I look at bold is it taking a calculated risk Mm -hmm. when you've done some, a little bit of homework and thought of the consequences, right? Right. It's easy to like move to another town when you're 20 years old, you don't have kids and a wife or a husband and like, and, and try for something, right? Like sometimes it's not that easy to do that bold move when you're middle age with a family of yep. four that yep. you have to feed. So it's like having some like common sense, but sometimes common sense isn't so common, but.
0: Well, I, I would, yeah, my, my version of that is if a 23 year old asks me a question after an event about doing something big and changing, I'll give different advice than if a 48 year old does. Cause the 23 yeah. year old who doesn't have the mortgage doesn't like, I always say to them, go all out for a year. Cause what's the worst that happens? You're 24 and you still right. have 40, 50 years to do the thing. It's different when you have more chips in the game, more. And I love that you were used the word impulsive. I think that's a really important distinction of being impulsive versus being bold, being stupid versus being bold.
1: Um, it's a hundred percent being really risky for the sake of being risky i mean i I had a guy on the phone who wanted to leave his job and open a gym, let's say for example, fine if you want to do that who's back like have some like have a conversation with like who's invest do you have investors do you have like money saved? how much money do you have saved? how long can you go on that like you know what I mean like create a situation where you can win a little bit versus just like quitting your job and just starting this business. Like, I mean, you have to be, you, you got to have a little bit of common sense and not be stupid.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. You and I agree on that a hundred percent because I think there's a lot of self-help motivation. That's like, no, just go for it. It doesn't matter. Don't let doubters. And you're like, it's not a doubter. It's my wife. And she rightfully so yeah. is like, Hey, we have a mortgage. So why don't you pump the brakes on your, on your cake pop factory you want to start? Like, <laughs> They already have them at Starbucks. It might be late. We might be late to cake pops one of the other i
1: think that's very important by the way cuz i am sorry to interrupt no, no, you no. But it's one of it's one of my biggest pet peeves about what's happening in the world right now with social media you have all these yahoos online who are like showing off their private planes and they're making millions of dollars and yet like nobody really knows what goes on behind the scenes half of those people rented that plane for 30 minutes so they could take a picture in it right they don't have that money Who knows what's going on? Don't look at these people as your role models, because a lot of times Instagram, social media is not reality. And you have to be very, very, very conscientious and and discerning of who you follow and why.
0: Well, in the setup of their life, it's different. Again, if a 23 year old without kids goes, John, here's how to do your life. I have to go. Here's the thing. I got a marriage that I really want to continue being awesome. And that's the, you know, and here's what that time takes. And I've got kids that I'm now transitioning into college. That's what that looks like. And I've got this, you know, like it's not a one-to-one match. That's the other thing too is though, I saw somebody say you should spend the first two hours of every day working on your goal. And I was like, agreed, but whose life is shaped that way? Like if I said, to my family. I'm sorry. Like Jenny, I've got to go to bed at 8 tonight because so, so I can get up tomorrow at 3 a.m. Cause I want to do this. She'd be like, no, like we won't see each other. Like there's no world where she'd be cool with me being like, hey, we won't see each other because I have to go to bed at eight. I'm doing this new sleep thing I read a book about. She'd be like, that is no, like we That's have, not happening. It's not
1: happening. That's but you're you're talking real life. So it's funny that you say that because a lot of people I speak to in the world of entrepreneurship and success and all that. They go to bed at 8 o'clock. They go to bed. When and they do wake they up connect before. with
0: other humans?
1: Okay, so this is where people have to think about this. Exactly. Do they have, like, a social life? Do they have a partner in life? A lot of times, these people are either single, okay, yep. because they can, then they can dedicate all their time and energy, or and they don't have kids, yep. right? Because people with kids, by the way, don't have that luxury. How do I go to bed at 8 <laughs> if my kids are small and I have to – give them a bath and feed them and put no. them to bed. I'm not going to bed at eight. Yeah.
0: No, right? <laughs> there's like, no world where you tell a four year old, Hey, I need you to go to bed <laughs> early. I'm crushing it tomorrow morning at 4am. <laughs> like, dude, that's not, no, that's ludicrous. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, right? So you got to
1: look at that other person's life and be like, okay, well how, what else is going on in their life? Do they have a family? Do they have all this? Or they have a partner who's incredibly accommodating where it's about Their life is structured where it's about that one person living out exactly their meticulous way that they want to live, which is, you know, not for everybody, right? So I think that this is like, you know, I love, okay, now that we're on this rant, okay, I love how people also have their morning routines where they're like, well, I wake up. And then I journal and then I uh, I meditate and then I go into my sauna and then I work out. And then I, like their morning routine is four and a half hours. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, when do you have time to like, what, what do you mean? Like who has four and a half hours yeah. in the morning when you have a family or kids or whatever? Or, or like, a job. A lot happens. of people have jobs job. these days,
0: Jennifer. There's a ton of people that have jobs these days. I've been hearing a lot about them everywhere.
1: Oh my God. What's the job? Like literally like that's, I'm like, what job? Like to me, it's like, give me a break. Like, let's be realistic of where we are in life and who we are and like, and like work within the confines of our reality. You know, that's how I look at it. Well, and
0: also I, I look at it and go, I wish you could do a, an event where it was successful people. And then you also interviewed the people who live in their orbit Because, like, some of them, the wife or the husband would be like, Yeah, I saw them twice last month. They were doing masterminds all over the country. And, like, we don't know, we don't really know each other. It's more of a partnership, not a marriage right now. And, like, we're probably going to get divorced. And you're like, I don't want, like, there's always another story where it's like, you're super successful and super lonely because I've met people that are super like they've got everything except relationships and then it feels like they have nothing and they're like, yeah, okay. Like I'm going to have to hire a nurse to take care of me in old age because I haven't built a single significant relationship because relationships are messy and slow and complicated and take time in the middle of your day out of nowhere. And you just go, yeah, that's like, how do you, that's what I like about your stuff is that there is a level of no, no, no. Like, this is how you do it. And here's you saying the buffet thing, you saying the TV thing. Those are real statements. You didn't go. Well, John, I never watch television. I only read nonfiction books. The classics <laughs> I have. I'm reading a uh, warm piece right now. Every night before bed, I read seven pages. And that is part of my. And then I write my gratefulness journal. Like, and a lot of those things are amazing. They are like just in moderation. I-
1: I totally, uh, I totally agree with you. And I think that, you know, I want to make a couple of points because I think they're really important. Is that success does not equal happiness. In fact, most of the time, the most successful people are actually very unhappy and miserable. And I actually had a, spe- a, a health, a, a happiness expert on, have you heard of Arthur Brooks? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was great. Strength is t- strength. I, I, yeah. And we became friends. And, you know, the funny thing is like, you know, the people that are the most successful, what makes people the most successful is actually love. That's mm-hmm. the ha- that, that's what makes people the happiest, not the most successful. Happy Love makes people happy, not success. And I think what, it, it depends what your definition of success really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that loneliness has actually become the biggest, the, the real epidemic here. Because we are so conditioned now to like go, go, go and have this success. Uh, but yet at what cost? We are more disconnected than ever. Nobody is having these like true relationships that are meaningful and rich. And I just did a whole post on loneliness because I think it's a real problem. I did a whole podcast, a solo episode stri- strictly on the fact that loneliness in America, one in every three people are lonely and really lonely, not just a little and have no True people that they can connect with, so what I would say what I would like to say to people is like to me success isn't just money mm-hmm. success to me and being bold is actually having a rich life and a rich life does not mean just money it means having really meaningful relationships, having you know fulfillment in your life and that and to me, what I tell people to be bold and live the life they want, not the life they get it's about that it's about going after true relationships, the the career that makes you the most like satiated Uh experience. It's not just a one piece of the pie, you know. Type of answer to me, that's nothing. That's money, yeah. You know, and
0: it's it's empty ultimately. And and that's that is what I liked about the book is that it has multiple elements there where you could apply it to boldness goes across parts of your life. It's not mm-hmm. be bold in this, be bold in that, which is why you said at the beginning of this conversation, you, everything you think about, you think about what's the bold version of this. How do I do this in a bold way? So I want to ask you three final questions that are very, very easy, um, to wrap up. Is that, can we end with three final questions? None of them are yeah, rag Red, Red Um, <laughs> number one, what's your writing process like? So are you uh, like, I try to write in the morning, I try to write in the afternoon, I, I try to, you know, I write every day, I write every every week, like, what's your writing process like?
1: I, I Whenever I have an idea, or I have like something that sparks something, I like to make a note in my phone, okay. and then I go back to it later on. And so I do, I make like a lot of notes throughout like the day, like if something just like intrigued me, or something that kind of struck me in a certain way, then I kind of go back and forth with it, and I try then. I try to expand on it. I don't have like a situation where it's like between four and six. I write, I write whenever I feel I have information. And then I I write down tons of different notes about it. And then I try to at some point then like expand on that uh, idea when it like is something that I feel moved with, because I found like when I would try to write because I created some kind of structure on that, I sat there and stared at the paper. Nothing Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so throughout the day, I just make notes to myself. You all collect the time.
0: and curate throughout the day yeah. and then you're able to write. Yeah, that's what I do. Perfect. Second question. What if you had to say, here's my Mount Rushmore of nonfiction books, like in the space that you and I write in, um, or you can answer it this way. Cause sometimes people are like four books at once, dude, like, unless they're near a bookshelf, it's a hard question. I get that. I'm near bookshelf. Yeah. What's the book you've given away more than any other, other than one of your own? Because you've written four books, but like, what's the book you've given away the most? Oh, that's such a good question.
1: Um, recently, I've given away That Strength to Strength by Arthur Brooks. I thought it was really well done and I liked it. So have I, and, dude. Um, that
0: book will mess people up, that, especially yeah. if you're like in your 40s, 50s. That yes. book is like. That's why, over- I, that's why it
1: really hit, that's why it hit a chord yeah. with me. I was like, this is so interesting. I really love that one um i love robert greene's books um just because i find i like i like him very much uh, as a person too but uh his book i've given away i but the one i like is uh mastery yep. or the or the law of human nature i like that one um well recently i had the art the subtle art of not giving a fuck i really like that one yeah. i never read that back when i only really read it recently and i really like it's a it. really gave, good book
0: I, it's a really like really well done. I was judgy about it when it first came out cuz I was like oh I swear to title like I was a judgy/jealous like I was yeah. I was a <laughs> yes. potpourri of those yeah. two things and so right. I was like we'll right, never right. read it and then I read it and I was like oh no it's it's <laughs> actually a I really felt. good book I was I was like you judgmental punk like don't be jealous and judge like I literally judged the book by its cover so I 100%
1: I felt the same way. I love, that's hilarious. And then I just read one because he came on my podcast. I don't know if it's, when is this going to be out? Because I can then the book. It'll be out in a couple weeks. Okay, it's too early. I'm not going to type with that. I'm going to use your book, Overthinking, because yeah. uh, I gave it to somebody. They really liked it and they ended up buying a bunch. They their, bought 20 their, copies,
0: which I told you was yeah. very kind. It's
1: Very kind. I really like that book because overthinking to me is one of my main pillar points of like what, how we get stuck in our own way. And so your book like nailed it with that. So that one. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, last question. Where can people find out? Is that
1: why you asked the question so I can plug your book? No, no. I say who wearing a
0: blue sweater do you think is really fascinating as an author? That's (laughs) what. No, no, no one ever. I mean. No, it's it's funny. I always wonder if people are saying what they really think or if they it's like when somebody says what music do you like and even if you like Nickelback you don't want to say I like some Nickelback so you come up with some <laughs> you come up with some German techno band no one's ever heard of where you're like I like Bell and Sebastian they're a duo out of England like I think because we're insecure we want to name like versus just saying you know, like I, you know photograph you turn that song on you liar like uh, let's go
1: I love that you said that because I actually like Nickelback a lot yeah
0: come on I like do. photograph is a great <laughs> song and it makes you feel like you're in high school again and I don't care if anybody hates it. also you, you
1: remind me I like that one too yeah, yeah, I like exactly. a lot of their songs exactly
0: they got a catalog nobody gives them credit for alright last question where can people find out more about you
1: that's really funny of all the bands sorry they can go to uh jennifercohen.com they can sign up for my newsletter um and uh, they can buy the book anywhere like amazon yep. barnes and noble they can go to um they can also follow me on Instagram, the real Jen Cohen. You know the usual yeah, places. Yeah. And your
0: podcast You've got a fantastic podcast. My
1: my podcast is also called Yes Habits and Hustle. Thank you very much. You were a guest. Yeah. you should come back again. Super fun.
0: I'll be back. Don't worry. I've got a new book coming out this fall. I'll be knocking on that LA door, or I'll Good. or I'll be wearing a cowboy hat trying to pretend I'm on your country podcast tour. <laughs> and you'll be like the next the next guy is John Acuff. He looks uncomfortable on his belt buckle. I'll be like, well, yeehaw, like whatever it is. I'm supposed to say to slide in with Florida Georgia Line or whoever you interview I will also be (laughs) I love it I will also be honky-tonky my way into your your country tour I'll look forward to it yeah that's so great well Jennifer thank you so much for joining me this was an absolute blast Um, congrats on the book and I think people are going to love it thank you thank you John I appreciate that thank you so much for listening to my interview with Jennifer Cohen today we'll put all the links in the show notes as always and thank you for reviewing my podcast the reviews you write are super encouraging. I've said this a million times before podcasts are interesting because you don't get as much direct feedback as you do in say a blog or a speech or a conversation. So when you write a review, it gives me some feedback, which I'm so grateful for. So please keep those coming. Make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days. And please, please, please write a review. That's it for today's episode. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.